When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Turning the page to the defensive side of the football. Let's start with the defensive line here. Last year, the Miami Dolphins kept five players on the defensive line. Cat, I think they're going to keep five again. You know, yes, I've got him keeping five. And it's so funny. I was going to say it before, but you mentioned the name John Jenkins. And I've got, I know, same four that you have. Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Raekwon Davis, Emmanuel Agba. You know, you can say Agba is an edger. You can say he's an outside linebacker. You can say he's a D-end, whatever. He's versatile. We're going to say he's a defensive lineman. Um, John Jenkins is currently on the Raiders. And he is in a competition with a lot of players there, most of which have been third and fourth round picks for the Raiders over the last two drafts. So I don't think he'll be given the benefit of the doubt. I think he'll be cut. And then if he is cut, when you look at how little backup talent the Dolphins have on their defensive line, it wouldn't surprise me for the Dolphins to sign him again, just to be a holdover backup for a year um, at, at defensive tackle. And another thing too is back in 2018, John Jenkins was on the Bears, with Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. So they're they're familiar with each other. Uh, at least he didn't play a lot for him, but they're familiar with each other. So as a one-year depth Band-Aid, you could very easily see John Jenkins coming back if the Raiders do, in fact, cut him. I don't want to play, hey, who's that guy? But there was a, a defensive end, that, that kind of inside defensive tackle. Uh, Shelby, I think, is last name that was on Denver, who's still a free agent. He's been visiting teams. <laughs> Shelby Harris, yeah. Shelby Harris, that's what it was. That was one name that I've been kind of following around because as we get farther into the offseason, you are going to see less and less big contracts. We know the Dolphins don't have a lot of money to spend. That was one name uh, that I thought could be a little interesting just for the familiarity spending so long in Denver. An in-house option for that fifth defensive lineman if the Dolphins don't make a uh, move. Brandon Peely, I I just kind of like what he brings to the table. I think as an undrafted free agent, um, he has the strength. He's very raw. But I think if you need that guy just to be a fifth defensive lineman and you're just kind of crossing fingers and toes, he develops into something. He's someone I kind of thought could could make a little bit of noise given the opportunity. Um, I lied. I have six. And I do. Brandon Peely was the last guy that I put on the team. So uh, I'm on the same page with you there. And um, the interesting thing is they – thought enough of Brandon Peely to give him over a $100,000 undrafted free agent signing bonus. And why that matters is the last two 
Dolphins to get over 100,000, probably the only two in Dolphins history to get over 100 grand as an undrafted free agent, um, were just two players, Cater Kohu and uh, Robert Jones. Mm-hmm. So you're both made the roster and would probably make the roster again. Brandon Peely out of USC played five years there, was never a star, but did his job. And if the Dolphins were willing to do that, um, give him that money as an undrafted free agent. That means they were, he was very high on their board in the seventh round when they took um, uh, Ryan Hayes. He had a couple injuries to that derailed seasons. Um, I think there were other uh, injuries on that defensive line that kind of made things awkward at times, but yeah, I, I just kind of like it as that developmental piece looking at linebackers and, we're reaching a point in the NFL where I don't think linebacker is a fair term anymore uh, because what's an edge rusher? Is he a linebacker? Is he, is he a defensive lineman? I'm not really sure. Uh, but in terms of that linebacker, let's just use for the sake of this, keep it simple as a three, four defense. So we'll include those edge rushers. Last year, the dolphins kept nine linebackers on the roster. How many are they looking at this year? Kev? Yeah, I've got nine as well. Um, See, uh, because, yeah, when we talk about the edge guys, so just run right down the list. Uh, you look at their base defense, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb at outside linebacker, David Long and uh, Jerome Baker at inside linebacker. Andrew Van Ginkle is going to get a lot of snaps. Duke Riley will make the team as a sixth guy. Um, Malik Reed, um, outside linebacker, is your seventh guy. Channing Tindall is not a lock, but I do have him barely making it again, even if he doesn't show great improvement because he did play a lot on special teams last year. So if for mm-hmm. nothing else, you're not talking about um, somebody who, who is linebacker bust. And then uh, finally, I, as my second undrafted free agent, I, I do have right now Mitchell Agudier as well um, from Miami, somebody who continues to flash. And um, yeah, that, so I've, I've got nine right now. He's more of like an inside linebacker, that thumper, like um, uh, a Landon Roberts type, right? Yeah, he can play inside and outside. Um, and he's really got made a lot of noise as a pass rusher here in camp. Um, Aubrey Miller is somebody, too, from Jackson State, who he could be challenging Channing Tindall. In fact, I think he's a better fit in this type of defense because he's a little bit more stout. Um, you know, coming out of Jackson State, he's 5'11", 229, didn't test very well. Uh, spent six years in college. He's a, he, he was playing for Mizzou in 2017. That's how long he was in college football. If he were a little younger, an inch or two taller, a little bit faster, a little bit heavier, without question, he would have been drafted at least on day three, but he ended up falling through the cracks. And he's somebody that could get on the field and take over that kind of Sam Equivon role. A name I've seen too, he's just been someone who's kind of stuck around a, a late round pick, Cameron Good was another name that I kind of thought could be on that bubble. Um, I had eight guys, but when you consider the idea of bringing in a drafted free agent, you consider the idea that David Long Jr.'s injury history, you're not completely sold on Channing Tindall on the defensive side of the football. I could definitely see them keeping nine there as well. Cornerback. Last year, the Dolphins entered the regular season with five cornerbacks. I don't necessarily know if that was by choice, uh, but this was another one I had a hard time really boiling it down to, and I settled on six cornerbacks here. Yeah, so I have six as well, and one thing is, is you know, I'm trying to read through the grapevine here um, with Nick Needham, where Nick Needham, first of all, I was really disappointed to see that the only thing he could fetch was a one-year contract for about $1.3 million. and mm-hmm. 
you know, not all of that was guaranteed. 750,000 of that was guaranteed. And he has not been able to get on the field yet. And it, it starts to make me think that he also could begin the, the season on PUP. Um, so if I were to predict that that's what I would predict, that he would start the season on PUP and be shelved for the first six weeks of the season. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with for the sake of this exercise. So Jalen Ramsey is also obviously going to be at least on PUP um, mm-hmm. for the first six weeks. Um, so you've got six cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, Cam Smith, Cater Kohu, Eli Apple as the fourth guy. And I do have Noah Igbenogany making it as the fifth cornerback and Justin Bethel as the sixth guy. Um, that that competition is going to be fierce, though, because you can also, you know, Keon Crossan, who's, who's had some injury problems. He's, again, somebody who should have been cut already because he could save over three million. But he is in competition. He's 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 hurt right now. Uh, Trill, Trill Williams, it seems like he's been uh, almost making the roster for like 10 years now. Uh, he's. You know, he's listed as a cornerback, but he's been getting some looks at safety, and that could really improve his chances to make the roster. But right now I've got Keon Cross and Trill Williams off the roster and Justin Bethel and Noah Igbenogany on the roster. Depending how long um, Keon Crossan's injury is for, I think that uh, is going to be a battle between Justin Bethel and, and Crossan. is kind of like that um, bottom of the roster older guy. I mean, I had to write down here. I had no idea Justin Bethel was 33 years old that he's been in the league this year long, Um, but you need those type of guys, right? You need those guys just in the locker room. So I think it's going to come down to one of those. Uh, When you think about Keon Cross and it's so hard not to put money into the um, equation here. Do you think that contract has a lot of pull where if it's maybe he's 10% better than a Justin Bethel, but he costs two, three times as much. If you can have three Nick Needham's for the price of one Keon Crossan, is that enough to pull him off you know, the, the stage and go in a different direction? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to pick on the guy because he's not a terrible no. player. I mean, he's a, he's a rosterable guy and he's a good special teamer. I mean, he was in over his head last year, but at times, I mean, you look at the Bengals game, he's covering Jamar chase in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. I mean, he shouldn't be in that position. Um, and you look at special team snaps, you know, he he was, I think, sixth on the Dolphins in special team snaps last year. Uh, Justin Bethel was first with 405. So, and Bethel is a Pro Bowl special teamer. And Crossan is a good special teamer. Uh, and I, I would argue, too, I thought Bethel played a little bit better at cornerback last year. <laughs> he didn't have as many responsibilities as Crossan. And then you also factor in, too, Keon Crossan, uh, you know, was drafted by the Patriots, spent time with the Texans and Nick Cesario came over here and played in Josh Boyer's defense. He's a new England style man cornerback. And so the defense last year that he didn't play very well in was very suited toward him mm-hmm. and he didn't play well. Now he's playing in a more zone defense. So kind of like miles Gaskin, I don't understand what he's even doing here anymore. Especially it's just when, when you're in a situation and I think as fans, we, we think about this more, um, on a daily basis, but but when you can refine your salary cap and add some money in there, that that's the first name that really jumps out. But but we'll see what happens there. Maybe the Dolphins will choose to keep both, and this will be their opportunity for those um, middle class type guys just to kind of fill out the roster. The last position we have here is at safety, and spoiler alert: I did have Trill Williams making it as a safety. I was close, and I've got five safeties. Um, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, and uh, Deshaun Elliott, Tamir Locks. 
then, you know, I think Elijah Campbell makes it as that fourth safety. And again, going back to, you know, the Dolphins need guys who can play special teams. And because at wide receiver, if they keep the five that I'm predicting, you're not having a lot of special teams play in those five guys. Uh, Elijah Campbell um, was second on the team behind Justin Bethel and special team snacks, snaps for the Dolphins last year. And every time he gets on the field as a nickelback or a safety, it seems like he, he plays better than you expect. So I, I see him making the roster as the fourth safety. And my fifth guy, I think that competition spot, if they, if they keep a fifth safety, it's going to be fierce uh, between Veron McKinley, undrafted free agent Kedron Smith, undrafted free agent Ethan Bonner, and Trill Williams. And I think only one guy – Max is going to get that spot. I'm actually going to give it, give it to Ethan Bonner. Um, he is a safety undrafted free agent out of Stanford, 6'1", 200 pounds almost, and ran uh, a 4'3", coming out of Stanford. And you're looking at, at, I mean, if you're looking for a developmental fast safety that can also get on the field early and play special teams, he's your guy. Um, may not have made quite enough plays yet during a roster spot, but that's what the preseason here is for. And you think about it too. I, I, I don't know if you can really assign a value to this, but it does feel like at least Javon Holland has even said this, that the Vic Vangio defense does ask more from safeties. Uh, so when you consider someone like Trill Williams, who in his first season, he was on an Island at cornerback, his goal was basically, Hey, follow this guy around, try to keep up with him and bat a ball away. If that was his job and all of a sudden, not only is he switching positions, but the demand is so high for him to have all these different responsibilities, that's a tough challenge, especially coming off injury where you do wonder if that is so much harder said than done. And if this is a situation where maybe you can kind of hide a Trill Williams on the practice squad. I had Williams making it over Vron McKinley, but as we talk about this and you wonder who can maybe hide on that practice squad, I think it'll be Williams just for the sake McKinley stepped in last year. And it was another scenario of someone who he didn't look great. It's not someone you can put a ESPN top 10 on, but it's someone you can look at and say, well, uh, you know, strong safety wasn't a position of weakness because we had him there. Certainly. And yeah, when he got on the field last year, uh, he, he played very well and he played well in a defense that I didn't think was very well suited for him. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a safety that, you know, ran a four seven coming out of Oregon, which is, I mean, if, if Ron McKinley had ran a four five instead of a four seven, he probably would have been a third round pick. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes undrafted because what, what are you going to do with a four seven forty safety? Well, he, Turn him in the toast. yeah, he's, he's, he has had really good communication with Javon Holland back there. And, uh, you know, former teammates together at Oregon. And when you think about it and you think of the lack of speed and and the instincts that McKinley has, this defense probably suits him a little bit better than last year. So he would have to be, if we're doing like a a consensus guess on the 53 man roster, he would probably be your fourth or fifth safety, but you know, there, there's a lot of physical traits with Trill Williams and, and Keadron Smith and, and, and Ethan Bonner. And I think throughout the summer, um, when you're trying to stash guys in the back of your roster, I, I think one of those athletes is going to make it over him. One final thing I want to pick your brain on here. We, we understand what Jalen Ramsey was going to bring to the table. One of his biggest product pitches was the idea that he wasn't a cornerback. He was a defensive back, someone who could manipulate the offense in so many different ways with his ability to you know cover the boundary, the slot, line up inside in the box. As the Dolphins look to replace that, you're not replacing Jalen Ramsey. That's not going to be something they do. But I'd love to get your thoughts. Um, 
because when Jalen Ramsey said defensive back, I got thinking, you know, what, what is a defensive back? Well, it could either be a cornerback or it can be a safety. So I'd love to get your thoughts on maybe instead of the Dolphins doing things a little bit differently, considering Ramsey's out, how do you feel Javon Holland would fit into that role as that um, everyone loves to say joker piece in that Vangio defense? Because I kind of think that's where the Dolphins are going to go, especially early in the season as they try to um, mask the uh, loss of Ramsey. I think you're exactly right. And you could see a lot more three safety looks mm-hmm. than we anticipated when you look at all the talent on the Dolphins front seven, where Deshaun Elliott could play a lot more uh, mm-hmm. as that safety back there with Brandon Jones. And then Javon Holland s- slips down in the slot because his last year at Oregon, I mean, he was a slot player. He was yep. not, he was not a deep safety. He's shown the ability to do all of that, but you know, somebody in his final year at Oregon, he didn't play the in 2020 because he, he, he sat out with coat with the, with, in the COVID year, but in 2019, he had six interceptions, led his conference and he was a slot guy. So you could absolutely see that. And then also, I wonder if the Eli Apple signing was a little bit telling for Cater Co, who is going to get a lot more of those looks where, oh, I like that. you know, because I, it may be your, if there's a commitment to that. And I think, you know, a great thing is, Kohu can play both. He can play slot. He can play on the outside. He's got the size and the physicality for both, which is good. But it, will this throughout the summer turn into an Eli Apple versus Cam Smith competition to be that number two cornerback and Cater Kohu settles into that nickelback role? That's that's going to be interesting to see. And then Jalen Ramsey, too, long term. You know, for me, when Xavier Howard, who just turned 30, and he looks like he is in fantastic shape. Great. Hope it stays that way. Um, but I don't care. I don't know if it's this year, next year, the year after. When he's done as a boundary cornerback, he's done. He's not moving into slot. He's not moving to safety. He's done. He's out of the league. Jalen Ramsey's not the same. He can play on the outside. And when he gets a little too old for that, he's got the length, the awareness, and the physicality to play inside in the slot at a very, very high level for several years or possibly move back to safety, too. So, sorry, one final question here. Um, so, so your hand is really over the panic button when you talk about someone like Nick Needham. You, you genuinely think there might be like a, a red flag there. And when you would you read into it with this context, you keep hearing from um, Nick Needham putting on social media like he's coming, he's ready to be back, and, and you don't see that progress on the field. It, it does kind of get your gears thinking a little bit of, of what's happening that we're not reading. You know, I thought Nick Needham was a – turning into one of the best nickelbacks mm-hmm. slot cornerbacks in football when, when he tore his Achilles, it, it was a shame. And he, he would have made money um, this year, not a lot, he, but uh, one of the best nickelbacks in the league, he, he would have made four or 5 million a year. And it's unfortunate that now he's coming back from this injury and 32 out of 32 teams agreed. He wasn't worth more than 1.3 million on a one-year contract. That that's a shame. So I'm rooting for the guy. And I could very easily see him coming back and being a really good number three cornerback again. But, you know, when 32 out of 32 teams agree that they don't have, don't have a lot of faith in him coming back, he comes back to the Dolphins on a one-year deal. And now here, here we are, you know, over a week into training camp and it doesn't look like he's going to get on the field. Um, I'm not going to say soon. I mean, he could be back tomorrow, but mm-hmm. it, my guess is that, that it's, it's going to be a slow 
August and trying to bring him back on the field. And if that bleeds over into September, that's when you start seeing guys get on the PUP list. The moment, though, I think that's kind of where we can agree. The moment he gets on the field, though, um, we can admit that, hey, maybe maybe we should relook at this, that, hey, maybe he can prove us wrong. But, yes. but the actions are just so important uh, more than the world, words here that I, I do agree that until we see it, that maybe we should start to wonder, or at least have that in the back of our heads, that there might be something going on there um, a little bit longer term than we all expect.